podcast where we're redefining a woman's worth. I'm your host, Janelle Renee, and I just want to welcome all of you faithful listeners and new listeners. I just want to thank you for tuning in and going along on this journey to redefine our worth as women, to evolve, to grow, to become. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And I pray that this uh, content, that these discussions, that these tips, these tools, um, that even my testimony can just be a blessing to you, can encourage you, can um, empower you, can uplift you, can edify you, can help you to you to go on your own healing journey and for you to evolve and for you to heal and become whole and become the woman of God and the, the woman that God called you to be and to fulfill your purpose and to know your worth and to discover your identity and to know how dope that you are because that's the goal and so today our episode is called don't look back um and it's really a piggyback off of what we discussed last week which was out with the old and with the new but the reason why I feel like the Lord really wanted me to talk about this today is from my own personal experience this past week I have to make a confession I really have been struggling in a certain area. And it's been very difficult for me because a part of me in my mind, I know the right thing to do. But then it's my heart, that that heart, that we hear the cliche, follow your heart. But um, that's not necessarily the best advice because sometimes the things that are in our heart are not good for us because our heart wants all kind of things and it doesn't necessarily understand if something is productive, if something is profitable, if something is good for us, if something is um, detrimental. You know, it don't always know the difference. It just has it just has a desire. And so we have to really learn how to discern and to filter the desires and the longings we have in our heart through um, through the word of God, through prayer, through seeking God, and even through logic and just really sitting back and analyzing um, the desire and saying, is this something that I need? Is this good for me? Is this going to help me to um, get to the place where I want to be? Is this going to edify me? Is this going to help me grow? Um, if it's not, then nine times out of 10, it's just probably not good for you to do. But needless to say, we're human and we do it. You know, sometimes I think it's just by our, our nature. We are emotional beings. We are emotional creatures and, and our emotions and our feelings tend to be um, very huge in, in our direction and guiding us until we learn how to separate our feelings and emotions from our logic. And so for me, that's just a really big area of struggle. And um, I know I've mentioned um, vaguely about me leaving the relationship with the ex that I was um, dealing with. And without going into too much detail, because I don't feel like this is the episode, but what I will say is I, I knew for a long time before I even got the courage to really make that decision and walk that out to, to leave the relationship, I knew for a long time that I needed to because the relationship was very unhealthy, very toxic. And we hear that word a lot. We hear a lot of people, especially a lot of people who have these um, platforms and they're like relationship coaches or whatnot. And they just give a lot of relationship advice or how to get out of a bad relationship or how to identify a bad relationship or, you know, um, the effects of a bad relationship and all of those things. Um, and sometimes it can just kind of be taken out of context or it could be just used very loosely or broadly. But 
in my particular circumstance, it's a very uh, fitting um, statement because it was very, very toxic. Nothing about the relationship was healthy um, on both ends, not just for on his end, on my end as well, because I just was a very broken um, individual. I was just very lost, very broken, very wounded. And so I bled out and he did as well. So it just was a recipe for disaster. And um, then there were a lot of things on his end that he did do that contributed to a lot of my bleeding because it it continued to create more wounds and continue to um, exacerbate the wounds that I had and make things worse. So instead of the relationship helping me to heal and helping me to grow and making me better, you know, it was doing the opposite. And so um, I began to hear God clearly because for the first few years, I know God gave me all kind of signs. I had all the red flags. I had all the color flags. I had every color. I had the whole rainbow. And I ignored them. Um, I ignored them because I wanted what I wanted. I was following my heart. Um, My heart wanted love. My heart wanted a relationship. My heart wanted him. My heart wanted to feel that sense of belonging, acceptance, that validation. So um, despite all of the red flags and despite all of the warning signs, I mean, and people uh, literally coming up to me er, very early on and saying to me blatantly, like, Nelly, um, this not good. He not a good dude. And this is not a good situation for you. Um, and I still chose to ignore that, even though the person who was saying it was somebody that I knew cared about me, loved me, um, somebody who had my best interest in mind, I still just chose to follow my heart. So following my heart led me down a very tumultuous, very, very toxic, unhealthy, very traumatic, almost four years. Um, And it was one of the worst relationships I've ever been in in my life. So when God began to really be able to um, get through to me, because I'm going to be very honest, God was always there. His word is true. He'll never leave nor forsake you. But see, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We have free will and you can choose to make your own decisions and God will allow you to do that because he's not here to control you and make you into a robot. He gives you the option. You, you can choose, you know, to be obedient or to do your own thing. And I chose to do my own thing, and I had to pay for the consequences of those decisions. And I paid dearly, um, needless to say. But when God was finally able to get through to me, and I was able to hear clearly that, okay, this is just not the situation that I have for you, daughter, um, it was still bittersweet. It was bittersweet because um, even though I had every reason under the sun to walk away, to leave, and I knew that, I still had this attachment. I still had this sense of familiarity that I wanted to cling to. I still had this comfort that I found in it because because of the life that I've lived and because of all of the trauma I experienced in my life, I learned to function in my dysfunction. And I've no, I learned to normalize abuse because um, when I was abused as a child, I was still forced to be in the relationship um, or around the people who abused me because they were family members. And so I learned that when somebody abused you 
they can say that that's love. And then I adopted that, um, I I adopted that, um, premise that love is abuse or love hurts or, you know, love is toxic and a person can hurt you and still say they love you and they can really love you. And so for me, it was so normal. It was just normal to be in a relationship with somebody who was hurting me, who was mistreating me, who was disrespecting me, who was abusing me and saying they loved me. Like that was normal to me. I had experienced that in so many different um, moments in my life that it was almost like this is just, you know, this is what it is for me. This is normal. Like I didn't see really anything wrong with it at first because I had been so used to it. And so when God started revealing to me, well, that's not love. And that is a, um, a very unhealthy form of love or what people try to form as love. And it is very much more not the love he designed for us to give and for us to receive. That was very difficult for me to, um, resolve in my mind because I never knew anything else. The only love I ever knew was the love that hurts was you know was the love that take advantage was the love that violates was the love that exploits was the love that you know takes that's all I knew so it was just like well what else is there then because I had never experienced anything else so it was scary to walk away from something yes that was detrimental and yes unhealthy and it was hurting me it was hurting me it was destroying me I was oh my gosh I can't I don't even listen I was in such a dark place like it was the I was so just depressed and stressed and just I I was I was like it was just like I just was it was I don't I can't even even put it into words just what I was experiencing in those moments of being in this relationship like I just was so hurt, like the pain was never ending. It was just a debilitating, excruciating, paralyzing pain. You know, I just remember being up, crying all night, literally crying all day, days at a time, like just sad, can't get out of bed, stressed out, like so many days trying to pull myself together and put on a face and a front and smile in front of people and pretend like everything is all right and, and we good because on the outside to most people it looked like that you know I did a good job of of making it appear to be something it wasn't I made it appear like we were good like things were good because we did have good moments but the bad certainly outweighed the good and with even with all that it was still something that I didn't really want to let go of because a it was familiar and b if I let go of it then what do I have so It was like, it took me a little over a year to really muster up the courage to finally be like, okay, God, I hear you. I'm going to let it go. And so I did that. Uh, Actually, this around this time last year um, in 2020 was the first time I initiated ending our relationship, Um, getting rid of all of the stuff he had at um, my house and getting rid of everything that um, was associated to him and to us and getting rid of things he bought me and getting rid of, you know, anything that could remind me, anything that could be um, an access point to jar a memory, you know, or to bring a a um, experience to mind, 
you know, I tried to um, just get rid of anything that I knew could keep me open, can keep there being an open door. And I did that. And that was hard. It was hard because for almost four years, I was used to his stuff being there. I was used to our lives being entangled and intertwined. We were together for a long time. And then we almost got married. And then, you know, we just had a lot of things that we did. You know, at one point we had accounts, bank accounts. And, you know, he had cars in my name. And, you know, we just had a lot of things. Like, And you don't realize why you're in it. But when you're trying to get out of a relationship and you got to go back and try to undo all the things you did, it was like, dang, I didn't even realize our lives were that intertwined. It took me a while to just really go through things with a fine-tooth comb to even um, to undo it. And so doing all that, it was still hard. It, it still felt wrong. It still felt like maybe I was making a mistake. You know, my heart was aching. It was aching because I didn't want to let it go because it was all I had. And so I, I did it. But... Honestly, I didn't do it. I physically did it with my actions, but I didn't do it with my heart. My heart was still very present in the moment of that relationship. My heart still wanted to be with him. My heart still still desired him. My heart still was looking for that that void to be filled in the form of this relationship. So um, it wasn't long before I allowed myself to go back. And from July 2020 to here we are, July 2021, I have ended our relationship and went back several times. I changed my number. I I, I cut off all forms of communication. I cut off all forms of communication with his family, with anyone connected to him. Um, I did everything. And at first, it seemed like it was working. You know, I felt strong. I felt good. But then over time, you know, a couple weeks go by, a month go by, my heart gets reminiscing. He, the thoughts of him would come to my mind. The thought, the doubt would come in. Like, did the Lord say, did I make the right decision? Is this what I was supposed to do? And because my heart was still so invested, I found myself going back to the very thing that God delivered me from. I went back to the very old thing that I was able to get rid of, and I went and picked it back up and brought it right back in. And so um, I found myself on this cycle, in this cycle, on this hamster wheel of one foot in, one foot out, one foot in, you know, walking in the will of God, walking in the unknown, taking the risk, believing that God has more for me, believing I'm worth more. Because to be honest, The fact that I wanted to settle, the fact that I wanted that relationship so much, the fact that I felt like it was God's best for me for me to be miserable because I was miserable. It's like I must have believed in my mind that God wants me to be miserable. He wants me to be unhappy. He wants me to be hurt. He wants me to be cheated on. He wants me to be lied to. He wants me to be insecure. He wants me to be rejected. He wants me to be abandoned because that's what I was settling for. That's what I wanted. And that's and because that's what I felt that I was worth. Obviously, I didn't feel I was worth anything because I, if I even thought more of myself, I would have I would have never um, settled for that. And because I had such extreme insecurities and such extreme um, self-esteem issues and worth and value issues, it was so easy for me 
it was just so easy for me to just fall into this pattern of accepting less and accepting mediocrity or accepting abuse in a, because in my mind it's like well at least I got something and so I, I really didn't understand that what I was saying to God and myself was Janelle this must be all you worth this is this must be what you believe God's best is for you even though the scriptures say that you know he knows the plans for you is for good and it's not for evil it's for hope in the future and not for destruction but this relationship was evil this this relationship was taking me down a path of destruction but I was I was believing what I was used to versus what what God was saying and and so I found myself at a crossroads and I really just couldn't make a decision and stick to it because my mind was in agreement with God, but my heart was in agreement with my flesh. And so there I was in the midst of a battle between my heart and my mind, between my will and God's will. And I just ended up being confused. So I went back several times I opened the door after I did everything under the sun that you can think of to end communication to end it to never go back I would turn around and I would open the door again I would reach out to him and then I end up giving him my new number and then he would call me and then I would put him on the block list and I would end it because I would feel convicted because I knew I was doing the wrong thing I knew I was doing what I wanted to do because it was my will but I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do which was God's will and so I would go through that but then I would go back anyway or I would let him call and then I would just feel bad or I would allow him to put guilt on me you know because he started to do that he started to make me feel guilty about leaving him because he's in a very difficult situation and said I'm leave I left him at his worst state and at his lowest and weakest moment and he can't believe that I would ever do nothing like that to him and and all of these things and then I would feel bad because I've been a people pleaser so then I would reason like you know would God really want me to do that or you know or just say you know I feel bad you know and I'm having a difficult time and I don't want to hurt him and I don't want him to feel bad and I don't want to be looked at like a bad person so I would go back but if I'm honest, most of the time I went back because I wanted to. I went back because it was comfortable. I went back because it was familiar. I went back because I wanted to believe in the potential. In his potential to become the man that I desire him to be. That I needed him to be. That he said he wanted to be but was making no effort in any way to be. You know, I wanted to believe that he, he would change. But I had no evidence of that. He had did nothing to show me that he would change. His, his apologies never really seemed sincere. But I wanted to believe so bad that I accepted it anyway. And, you know, I also had to remember that this man seen me naked. And I'm not talking about in the literal sense, but yeah, he seen me naked in the physical sense too. But he seen me naked though, like, because I, I opened up to him. You know, I was very vulnerable. I let him in. I, I I exposed myself to him. I told him some of my deepest, darkest secrets. 
I, I was honest with him about things that I was never honest with any other man about. I told him about things that happened in my childhood. I, I exposed the areas of my wounds and trauma and pain, you know, from the things I experienced in my life. You know, I was just very open and I was very vulnerable and I got naked with him. And so that was another thing. It was like, well, why, why would I be naked in front of him like that? And then now he knows all of this stuff. Now he's seen this part of me and then we not be together, you know, because the insecurities of me and my physical body, as well as, you know, the things that I experienced in my life were so heavy that to even be naked in front of him was a surmountable, insurmountable task. And so when I finally did it, I felt in my heart, like that must mean that he's my husband. He's the one because I knew in my mind, you don't get completely naked for just anybody you do that with the person that you're supposed to be with so that would play on my mind like he know everything about me so we have to be together and then if we don't be together what are you gonna do with the information so a part of me felt like oh I need to go back because I need to be secure that he's going to keep my confidence that he's not going to tell my secrets and expose my secrets because we're not together now. Because he will do that. You hear all the time. We see all the time in the media, on social media, people break up, they blasting each other or somebody blasting the other person, telling all their secrets and putting all their business out there. And I'm like, Lord, I don't need that. So I just had all of these reasons of why I continue to go back. But every time I went back, it was like I always felt the conviction, like this ain't what I'm supposed to be doing. I never felt like it was never a good feeling going back. I never felt like it was just never productive. It was never fruitful. Oftentimes, you know, we we would just get into it. You know, we would, you know, just have no type of conversation, literally be just sitting on the phone in silence. You know, we didn't have anything in common. We didn't have nothing, you know, we could truly relate on. You know, it's like we were just two different people. I had evolved and he had stayed the same. And it's not to say he was just a bad person, but it was to say I was a new person. And my new person kept trying to continue to connect to the old person and him and it wasn't working and I kept trying to force it and I found I found myself continue trying to go back to the old thing I found myself continue trying to take something old into my new beginnings I kept trying to bring my old into my new and it just wasn't working so I could never truly continue to heal because the wounds that I had that were healing from our past in our relationship continued to be reopened because he would say something or he would do something and it would trigger me and I would find myself going back down an emotional roller coaster. So nothing about communicating with him um, logically made any sense, but yet I found myself continuing to do it because I was afraid. I was afraid that what if I don't get nobody else or what if I'm naked and exposed to somebody else and they can't handle it. Because, you know, when I got naked and exposed in front of my ex, he didn't reject me. You know, he covered me. He accepted me. And that was big because that was my biggest fear. My biggest fear was for me to tell him my truth and then him to reject me. And when he didn't do that, it it really made me believe like, oh, he has to be the one for me. 
And so I, I just built all of these um, ideas around small actions and, and just small responses and things in this in our relationship. And then it, it allowed me to have my heart be fueled and my heart continue to, to justify. And I continue to follow my heart. That's why I'm like, you know, we need to rethink that statement, you know, follow your heart because what's in your heart? I need to do a heart check before I get to follow on my heart. You know, people quote that scripture all the time, you know, and God will grant you the desires of your heart. But we have to be clear. Those are the desires that he put there, not the desires that you place in there yourself. And when we follow our heart blindly, we can follow our own desires and we can end up in a place that God never intended for us to be, which is where I've been. I've been stuck here for half of 2021. Continue going, continuing to look back, continue to go back to the very thing God delivered me from, continue trying to pick up the very thing I have finally got the courage to put down, continue to go back to what's familiar, what's comfortable, what I know, because I was afraid to, to experience the unknown. You know, it's like, I, I knew what I was getting in going back to this relationship, even though I was hoping it was different, I at least knew what I was getting. Where, where walking into the unknown and walking into the new, I don't know what to expect. And that's scary. So I'm like, sis, can any of y'all, you know, like me, y'all have this same type of, you know, um, experience where, you know, you ain't supposed to be, you know, doing something or you, you know, there's something that you know that was no good for your life no anymore or it was something you need to put down to lead, to stop. You know, there's a behavior, there's a mindset, you know, there's an action, there's a place you used to go, there's a thing you used to do, there's a person you used to hang out with or what whatnot and you knew that this person wasn't right or this thing wasn't right or maybe you felt the tug of the Holy Spirit, you know, convicting you like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, but you found it very difficult. Cause that's me you know I'm not perfect you know and I and I have weaknesses and and I felt like I was gonna be able to do this and and the more I kept trying to do it my way and in my own strength the more I kept failing the more I kept finding myself right back in the same place right there in communication with him right there almost back in a relationship with him knowing I'm not supposed to be and I had to really say to myself, Father, what's in my heart? Why why do I keep going back to the very thing that I know is no good for me? Why do I why do I not believe I'm worthy enough to have something better? Why don't I believe that you you want me to be blessed and happy and fruitful and to multiply? Because that's your word. But this situation is not producing any fruit. And if it is producing fruit, the fruit rotten. But why is it that I don't think enough of myself to believe that there is something greater? That you love me enough that any person that you send in my life is going to reflect your love for me. And it's going to build me up and not tear me down. That's the question. And so this is why it's so important for us to really identify these areas of weakness, these areas of struggle, for us to stop and examine our hearts and ask God to examine our heart. You know, the word says, oh, search the word, search my heart, oh Lord, and see if you can find anything evil 
in it. And if so, fuck it out. You know, that's um, in Psalms. You know, and it's like, we need to do that. Because if we don't, we'll find ourselves continuing to follow our heart into a place or down a path that, that's going to lead to destruction. And so I'm here to say, you know, we have to get to the place where we don't look back. Not to say you don't want to desire. You know, not to say you may not have the thought, you know, to go back. But to say that you don't actually move on that thought. That your your emotions and and your your feelings don't control you. You know, and that you're able to be steadfast, unyielding, and immovable. And to continue to move forward. You can't discover your your identity. You can't redefine your worth and discover your worth if you're continuing to hold on to things that take away from your worth. You know, if you continue to to do things and to struggle with things that um, you know that don't align with who you are and who God called you to be, you won't be able to discover who you are if you can't try to push past the fear of the unknown. Because that was my biggest thing. The fear of the unknown. The fear of, what if no other man loves me once I get exposed and naked? What if no other man can handle my scar? What if no man, other man, you know, can handle the weight of who I am? That was the real struggle. It's because I have believed for so long that my scars and my past and my trauma and my mistakes and my shame shaped who I was that I'm still looking out of that lens. I still see me and I still see all all of those things. And so I assume in my mind that the next man, that's what he gonna see, that he not gonna truly see me and, and, the, and the amazing woman that I am and, and just see that these scars mean that I've, that I've had to overcome some things and now that I'm victorious and I'm an overcomer, you know, and then I'm mighty, you know, in God and that, you know, that I'm strong and I'm courageous, you know, and, and that what he's going to see is he's going to see this broken girl who has this imperfect body, who has stretch marks, who got some love handles that she want to disappear, um, that, you know, have keloids from um, having a breast reduction, you know, all of these things that make me insecure about my physical self, right? And then, you know, knowing the things that I've experienced in my life, you know, from being molested, being abused, being, um, you know, promiscuous, being raped, you know, um, just do, having to go down paths and do things that I'm not proud of, right? I think, like, that's what the man going to see, that he's not going to be able to see the beauty in me. And because in my mind, I feel like my ex was able to see the beauty and he still wants it because he still maintains that he loves me. He's in love with me and he's always going to be in love with me and that he ain't going nowhere. And so, you know, it, I believe it. A part of me, at least, wants to believe it. And so I'm like, he know, he's seen, he's seen me. And he said he still loves me. Can, can I really believe and trust that another man can do the same? So I struggle. I struggle with my security. I struggle with my identity. I struggle with my worth. And that leads me to struggling with the old, struggling with going backwards, struggle with doing the same thing over and over and over again. Because I keep thinking maybe if I go back this time, it's going to be different. If I go back this time, maybe he'll be different. And maybe I'll get the things that I desire in my heart, 
which is love. But if I'm honest, I haven't yet. And I've been going back all this time. And every time it's the same thing, it has not changed. This is insanity. I'm doing the same thing, but I expect a different result. So I just want to encourage somebody today. Like, don't beat yourself up if you're struggling. Don't beat yourself up, you know, if you find yourself continuing to be in a cycle of, you know, struggling with letting go of an addiction, letting go of a bad habit, letting go of a relationship, letting go of a job, letting go of an opportunity, letting go of a situation, whatever it may be, because it's not easy. A lot of times we have all of these connections and attachments to to a thing. And we have to allow ourselves and God and the process to begin to um, disconnect us completely. Because if we have any little string connecting, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for the door to be back open. And so we have to really allow ourselves to go through the process and to be honest. You know, we have to be honest about our, our feelings and our struggles and the fact that we maybe don't even want to do it you know I had to be honest with God and say I'm doing this really because I know it's what you told me to do you know it's, it's your will or it's what I believe you have told me to do but I don't really want to do it in my heart because sometimes we have to do things that we don't feel like doing but they're the best things for us you know like when we discipline our children we don't we don't discipline them and correct them or, you know, whoop them because we hate them or, you know, we just want to be mean. It's, it's what's best for them to help them to get on the right path or to not, you know, go and do something that is harmful or dangerous, you know. And it's the same way with ourselves, you know. We have to be able to correct these um, mindsets and these behaviors and these um, addictions that we have to certain things, people, places, or things that keep us in a in a perpetual cycle because we won't be able to move forward and so I'm like Lord I want to move forward and I want to get to a place where I can truly let go of this old this thing that I know that I can't carry into my future but I'm having a hard time putting it down and leaving it there I can put it down but I keep picking it back up Lord can you please help me to put it down and not pick it back up can you help me to walk away and never look back so I can walk into what you really have for me so I can walk into the fullness of who I am called to be, into my identity, into my my worth, into my calling, my purpose. Because that's not a part of my purpose. It's not a part of my calling. And so I, I can't continue to hold on to things that are not beneficial. And that may be difficult, you know, and it may call us, you know, to have to walk away from some people, some things, some situations, some opportunities, but we have to have faith and we have to believe and trust if we're having to walk away from something it's because there's something better coming in some form you know and so I just want to encourage you as I'm encouraging myself like we we all need help you know we all struggle we all have weaknesses you know there are some things that may be more difficult than others and that is okay that is okay but I think the first step is to really examine our soul, our heart, to say, what's there? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep going back? What is it? What is it that it? What need is it needing? You know, what? How? How is it? You know, serving me? You know, what am I getting out of it for me to continue to want to go back to this very thing that is that may be toxic or just something that I know I shouldn't be doing? 
so I can com- completely let go and move forward and not pick this thing up and not look back. So I challenge you today to just sit and examine your heart and and allow God to examine your heart if you're a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, you know, examine your heart. Really be honest with yourself to say, what's really in my heart? What really do I desire? What is it that I want? And begin to, to see, does what you want align with where you're going or where you want to go? Is what you want aligning into what you know God has for you? And be able to be honest and then take the practical steps. You know, if you need to go to counseling, go to counseling. If you need to talk to a friend, talk to a friend. You know, if you need to go to therapy, go to therapy. If you need to change your environment, change it. If you need to change a number, if you need to relocate, if you need whatever it is you need to do to help you to let go so you don't look back. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Don't be afraid of what's on the other side. Because we know what's already here. We know what this is. We know we already know what we're dealing with over here with this thing. And we have to be sure that there has to be something better. Even though we may not know what it is in the moment. And so I just want to say, sis, I'm here with you. I'm struggling too. And I'm believing God to help me. And I'm relying on him and leaning on him. And and I had to surrender. And I had to say, Father, I stopped doing it my way. And I need you to help me to do it your way. So I can remain. So when I let go this time, I won't look back. That I won't go back to pick up the very thing that you delivered me from. That I, want, that I won't go back and do the very thing that I used to do. That I won't have the same appetite I used to have. So sometimes we got to ask God to change our appetite. Because maybe our appetite, you know, maybe we have a taste for that old thing. Maybe we have a taste for, you know, that, that, that place. Maybe we have a taste for that, something that's, that's connected to our past. And in order for us to move into our future, we might need a new, new appetite. Maybe we need a new mind. Maybe we need to ask God to help us to renew our mind. To help us to have to, to have things that we meditate on and think of and things that, you know, we we allow um, to to govern our our mental um, space to be in alignment with who he is and where we're going. Maybe we need to ask for a new heart. Maybe the Bible says our heart is deceitfully wicked and who knows it. Maybe we need a new heart. Maybe what's in our heart is just, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's just fleshly. It's carnal. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just, you know, um, it's not good, you know. And so we need to be honest to say, I need, I need, I need some help here. You know, I can't do this on my own. And and the more we try to do things on our own and we struggle in, in secret and silence, the more we end up being defeated. When you don't got to do it alone. You have all kind of resources at, at your fingertips. And, and most importantly, you have God. And his word tells us that he'll help you. And he'll never leave nor forsake you. But we have to be willing, you know, to open up and to invite him in and to be honest with him and ourselves. And so I just wanted to confess my personal struggle. And I feel like maybe somebody else maybe have a struggle. Maybe it's not going back to this toxic relationship. Maybe it is. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something else you know the Lord has called you to do or or to to not do. And you find yourself struggling. Because we assume just because... 
God may have told us or we believe God told us that that means it's going to be easy. It's not true. It's still going to be a struggle. It's still going to be hard. You still ain't going to want to do it. But God said that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He'll give you the strength. But you just got to give it to him. So since I'm just here with you and I'm saying let's together go on this journey to just redefine our worth by not going back. By not looking back. By pressing forward. By moving forward. And trusting anything that's in our past that we had to leave there. It ain't beneficial for our future. We don't need it to go wherever we're going. Wherever your destination is, trust me. Everything that you need, if you allow yourself, if you allow God, if you're open, you'll have what you need to become. You'll have what you need to be successful. You'll have what you need to prosper. You'll have what you need to fulfill your calling, your purpose. And anything that you don't have, it's because you don't need it. And that's something I have to remind myself of. If, if, if I'm supposed to put this relationship down and walk away and not look back, it's because I don't need it. Yeah, I may want it, but I don't need it. And so I just have to get to the place where I'm strong enough and I believe, not just in what God is saying, but like I believe that I'm worthy, that I'm better than that, that I deserve better and I deserve more. I have to believe that. Sometimes that's where we have to start. We have to believe that we are worthy. We have to actually believe that. It's one thing to say it. You can say I am worthy, but you have to start believing it. And so I am praying that we begin to do the work to, to so we are able to believe and not just say we're worthy, but believe it. Because when you know you're worthy, you walk like you're worthy. You talk like you're worthy. You don't, you don't settle. You know what you're worth, and you won't allow anything or anyone to do in, to, to, to do anything otherwise, or to give you anything, or you won't accept anything, anything otherwise. You wouldn't you could, because you know that you know. And I want us to get to that place. And first, what we have to do is we have to be ready and willing to search our hearts and really see what's there, what is what what is keeping us from really believing that we're worthy. What is keeping us connected to things that take away from our worth instead of, instead of propelling us to things that add value and, and things that, you know, align us with our worth? You know, we have to begin to, to really examine ourselves and to allow the, the Holy Spirit to examine us so we can truly get rid of anything that will hinder us from walking into being, becoming the queen, the women of God, the women of valor, the mighty women the princess warriors, the, 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 the mothers, you know, that God called us to be, the wives, everything, whatever it is that God called you to be, he called you to be that, and he made you worthy to be it. We got to believe it. So I thank you all for joining in for this week's episode of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast where we're redefining a woman's worth. And today, we're just going to focus on not going back. Not looking back. Not going back to those old things, those old ways, those old habits, those old mindsets. To truly put it down, leave it there, and walk into the new. Walk into your new beginnings, sis. Walk into your new season, sis. Walk into your new life, sis. 
come on now, let's go. Let's go forward together, united, in love, confident, secure, having all the self-esteem and all the self-confidence and all of the worth and value of ourselves, not because we're cocky, not, not, not because we, you know, are self-righteous, but because we just know who God called us to be. And we are mighty women of God. We are his daughters, whether you know it or not, whether you're a Christian or not. God made you and he made you beautiful and wonderful. He called you. He said it is good. You're made in his image. You're valuable because he said you're valuable. You're worthy because he said you're worthy. Period. And we have to begin to believe that. So I thank you. And today we're not looking back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we redefine it a woman's worth. I appreciate all of you listeners, my new listeners, and the faithful listeners. Thank you so much. You are valuable, and I appreciate each and every one of you. And I just want to leave this nugget with you. Until we meet again, just know your past does not define you. It develops you. And you are worthy.